0: Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile AF, the podcast. This is episode 29, called Stacy, parts four and five. So as you guys know, Stacy is my recurring guest and we've been following her along on her secondary infertility journey. So in part four today, we're going to talk about how she had her second egg retrieval and was gearing up for her transfer, what happened with that, and then in part five, we're going to talk about what happened with the transfer. So just so you guys know, and I don't want to give anything away because I want Stacy to tell you all, we're going to take a little bit of a break with Stacy. She and Ari and Noah are just going to try to be a little bit more private in their journey. They're still going through it. So she will, we'll talk about that more in the podcast, but Now, so this is it with Stacy, but we'll check back in with her at some point, I'm sure. But I just want to thank you guys for listening to her story and being so invested in her story. And I want to thank Stacy so much for everything. So, without further ado, this is the continuation of Stacy's infertility story. Stacey, how are you, my friend? Hi, I'm doing
1: well, thank you.
0: Good. So we're mid-summer right now, and last we spoke, so this is part four of our check-ins, and last we spoke, you had just done your second cycle. So tell me how things are going, how you're feeling, and fill us in on everything, please.
1: Yeah. So since we last talked, I had my um, second egg retrieval,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and uh, we're now, I guess that retrieval itself went better. Um, we got three times. I just had to look this up. It was three times the number of eggs that we got from the first one, Wow! which was really, really exciting. Um, the first one was lower. I think I told you this, it was much lower than we expected. Um, so the second one was a lot more successful.
0: Do you have any reason why or any idea why?
1: Yeah, they kind of um, switched up my meds a little bit. They just like tweaked the amounts
0: mm-hmm.
1: and my body just responded better.
0: Gave you more um, of stuff, like more stims?
1: Yeah, it was a little bit of a higher dose of um, of the Gonal F. Mm-hmm. So it was like very, very minor, but my body definitely responded better to it. Okay. So that was great. We were really excited. Um, and then we got to the day six where you find out how many are frozen that can be tested. And we only had three, which was a bummer. You know, we were hoping to get like double that mm-hmm. um, just because with with the balanced translocation, there's once they get to the testing phase to day six, there's about a twenty-five percent chance that we'll have one, we'll have a good egg, so or a good embryo. So we were always hoping to get more than four, um, right. just so that we could kind of feel like guaranteed we're going to have one. Yes, understand. Um, so, so that was really disappointing. I was, you know, kind of gotten a bad headspace as soon as we found out that we only had three. But then I was able to get myself out of it pretty quickly. Like that's we still have three. It doesn't mean we're not going to get any. It just was sort of felt a little defeating in the moment to have done two cycles and feel like, oh, maybe that second one isn't going to be worth it. Right. But it was because we got another healthy embryo out of it. Yay. Um, yeah. So now we have two, which okay. is great. So yeah. Um, so have got, got two,
0: two, what do they call them? M babies? <laughs> yeah. I like that yeah, term. Yeah. I didn't know that term when I was going. I through. didn't
1: know it, yeah, I didn't know it either. Um, but yeah, so we're you know, and like it's kind of funny, my mindset has shifted where I'm like, I want them both, like now I want you know, I want three kids. I want to like you like we
0: have put so much work into this, like
1: yes. so but we'll see, obviously. I, can't get ahead of myself.
0: What's the process after that? Just waiting for a while to to have your body calm down? Or do you guys know when you're going to?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So after the second cycle, I got really sick for, it was like a week where I just got taken out and couldn't leave my bed basically. Um, and it was my body just being like, you need to stop because we, so we, um, after the second egg retrieval, Ari and I went on a short trip. It was really nice, but it was definitely not like taking it easy. Um, you know, it it was we didn't do anything crazy, but it was, you know, like spending all day walking and mm-hmm. like just not totally relaxing, which I think was probably what I should have been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just got really sick afterwards and needed some time after that to just kind of not take any hormones and let my body just kind of recover from the two cycles and egg retrievals that I had just been through. Right. So um, pretty
0: back to back.
1: Yeah. Pretty much immediately. Like I stopped, I had my first egg retrieval and then I think I went into my second round of IVF probably about 10 days later.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's um, so much on the body.
1: Yeah. I would not recommend it <laughs> okay. at all. Um, it was kind of, we did it because we had a big family vacation planned and I knew that I wanted to be fully recovered from whatever I was doing by then. Like I wanted to be having a break from IVF for yeah. that. Trip. So we kind of squeezed it in, which, you know, it's fine. Like, I'm glad we did it. We got a healthy embryo out of it, but I wouldn't, I would recommend avoiding that. Um, for anybody else who's considering it.
0: So I do know that because we are now we're friends and I follow you on Instagram, you did go on your family vacation and it looked so fun. So were you able to kind of relax and just, you know, spend time with your daughter, Noah and Ari, and just kind of forget about all this stuff for a minute?
1: Yeah, it was so nice. I got, um, yeah, it was, it's, it's this summer camp. And we um, were just kind of like no cell phone service, mm-hmm. just our family. So it was really fun. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, I felt a little bit anxious towards the end of it because I was like, oh gosh, now I'm you know, going to go home and back to reality and back to you know, gearing up for this IVF stuff. So. Right. Um, but it was a really, it came at a really good time.
0: That's good, and I think it's important to note, and you can speak to this too, because you just went through it, but it's so important if you can take those you know it doesn't have to be a long family vacation, but even just a day or a minute, or you know you talk a lot about self care and you know I think that's important for people listening is if you can carve out that time to just kind of get away from it all for as long as you can, I think that's totally. so totally. and- feel'll kind of reset afterwards and like ready for the next steps,
1: yeah. Yeah, I definitely did. It was, you know, it was just a really nice, clean break.
0: Okay. So what's happening now?
1: So now um, we're gearing up for the transfer. Um, I think it's going to be in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, We originally wanted to take a little bit more time before doing it, but the more that I kind of learned about the process, just with like my my natural cycle and the way that my doctor works if I had waited longer, it would have kind of fallen during a really, really hectic time Mm -hmm. where we just have like some weddings and travel planned. And I was also kind of like, I don't want to be able to blame myself if the transfer doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Like I want to be able to do it at a time where things are going to be pretty mellow. Um, So yeah, so we're doing it. um, And it's honestly, it's like, a month earlier than we planned. So, okay, um, so not a huge adjustment. Of, yeah. In the scheme of things, not a big deal. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're gearing up for that. It is a whole new kind of stress with IVF. I feel like I, you know, learned so much about all the meds and everything leading up to the retrieval. And now it's this whole new thing where I'm like, okay, what is what do I need to be doing you know, the eating the pineapple core, like, when am I supposed to do that? And, mm-hmm. and, you know, talking to my acupuncturist and I've actually started doing meditation and just kind of like finding ways to calm my mind because I, I felt a little bit more in control when I was doing the, um, meds mm, and like, because there's
0: a schedule and there's something you have to follow.
1: Yeah. And it was like, it's on me. I need to do this correctly. And now it's just like, we have this frozen embryo. We're going to try to transfer it. It will be just like out of our hands, whether or not it works. So yeah, I've been having kind of a hard time about that. I've been, um, it's been sort of a weird mindset too, where I feel like everything has been really hard for the last like year and a half Mm -hmm. with just the miscarriages and then the IVF cycles it's all been a lot. And then it just feels like transferring seems very easy.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: like, I don't know why, but in my mind, I'm like, it can't be that easy. Like, like it, there's something that honestly, I probably should talk to my therapist about a little bit where I'm like, <laughs> I can't have gone through all of this. And then it be like this easy now, you know?
0: Right. I mean, I think Um, the whole thing is a perspective, it's like, it's not, it's really not easy. You still have to go through all this stuff, but maybe compared to what you have been through, it feels easy. So that's giving you a bit of a mind fuck. Like it's like, wait, I'm sitting here.
1: Yeah. Cause I know logically I'm like, it's not easy. Like this hasn't been easy, but I don't know. There's, I think it might be just me like bracing for it to not work, like trying to prepare my mind for that. Um, but. You know, I'm still hopeful, right and I think the other thing is that there's, you know, you hear the success rates of the transfers, and it's like you know, my doctor said seventy percent success rate, and I kind of hate all of those, like any sort of
0: the percentages.
1: Trend. yes, like I hate yeah. those I'm like I have been on the other side of that multiple
0: right. times now. so right. glass doesn't have empty, glass it. has have full. It's like, well, there's also a thirty percent failure, right? you know it's it's yeah. hard to. Yeah, it is hard. And those statistics too, I mean, obviously they come from somewhere, they're founded in studies, but sometimes you're like, it's a little arbitrary because everybody's so different. Right. And there's one little thing in one person that could, you know, change the percentage that somebody else doesn't have. So you never really right. sure, right?
1: Right, exactly.
0: I know there was one when we were emailing, you told me about a funny moment when you had to run down... Oh my um, god! You know the story. I'm referring. Can you yes. can you fill us in on what happened? This this like one humorous moment in all of this. Yes.
1: So when we first talked, you had asked me about if I had done any injections in weird places, and I never ended up with a story like that. Everything was like very textbook. And then for our second transfer, we woke up at five o'clock in the morning. To get to the appointment, you know they're very strict about like you need to get there on time. The trigger shot, all of that timing.
0: Mm-hmm. So we woke
1: up at five. We got on the road at five thirty in the morning, and I swear it must have happened like a minute before we got on the freeway. There was a huge accident that shut down every single lane, and so we were just stuck on the freeway. Yeah, and and we didn't know what had happened, um, right. and so we were just kind of stuck there and. You know, I keep seeing, we have it on our Google maps, like what time we're supposed to arrive and we had given ourselves so much time to get there. And I mm-hmm. keep seeing the time go up and up and up and completely started freaking out. Oh um,
0: That's so stressful. I can't handle that either. Like being late yeah. for stuff is my worst nightmare.
1: Yeah. And like being late for this, like right? <laughs> I couldn't imagine going through everything that we had been through and like right. all of the work that had been put in all the money we had spent, like every, every sacrifice we had made. And then like, to not be able to make it for that final step.
0: Right, right, right. So, so you said it was your transfer, but it was your second retrieval. Oh,
1: sorry. It was my retrieval. Yeah, yes. Yeah, okay. So it was for the retrieval. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, what does it feel like if you ovulate like 20 eggs or whatever? Okay. Like, <laughs> what happens? Like, what happens if I miss this? So yeah. I was just completely freaking out. Like it was, it was really rough and Ari's driving and he's just like, I don't know what to do. And thank God he kind of didn't default to trying to solve the problem. Because I think if he had done that, I would have like freaked out even more. Yep. Finally, I was just like, I'm getting out of the car. And he was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting out of the car. And I looked it up on Google maps and we were like a quarter of a mile from the train station to get into San Francisco. Oh my god. So I was just like, yep, I'm getting out. And so I got out of the car. I'm, you know, I'm about to get my retrieval done, so I'm just like in my sweatpants, right. like, you know, not not looking like I normally do. I'm carrying, I don't know why I did this, but instead of leaving my bag which I was bringing back my sharps containers, instead mm-hmm. of so leaving that in the car with Ari, I decided to take that with me. So oh there god. I am at like like <laughs> 6am running on the freeway with a like in sweatpants my with face, a bag of like yes with a sorry. bag of needles and And my face is like red from crying. I'm just like a total disaster. People are looking at me. I'm sure just like, I'm crazy.
0: Yeah. That's like, you know, that citizen app that tells you what's going on in your neighborhood, (laughs) like homeless woman running down the street. I know. I
1: was was like, please like, don't let anybody I know see me. Cause this wasn't that far from our house. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, please, like, I just don't want anyone I know to see me. And then thank God somebody else got out of their car and, um, and started running behind me. Like they were, I think they were going to the airport. They had luggage. I was like, okay, like this was a good idea. Um, so then me and this guy are running on the freeway together. You're like, and I
0: just gumping it down the street. I I know
1: it was so bad. Um, and, but we get to the train station, me and my new friend and, um, right as the train was pulling up, Get on the train. Oh my god! With all people that are going to work, uh-huh. so like everybody is a professional, and then I'm just like panting, like in my <laughs> sweatpants. But I made it, made it to the retrieval on time. God. So wait, was Ari was still stuck in traffic? So he was stuck in traffic. I mean, this is kind of a kicker. He was stuck in traffic for like dead stopped for the next like thirty minutes, uh-huh. and then it cleared up and. So when you get into San Francisco, there's also usually a lot of traffic when you get to the Bay Bridge. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I was calculating too. When I was looking at the time, I was like, not only are we sitting in this, but like, as we sit in this, the traffic is just getting worse at the bridge. Yeah, Um, There was like no bridge traffic that day. So he actually made it to San Francisco and picked me up at this train station, (laughs) like right when I got there. (laughs) So I was like, all right, this could have been avoided, but I would have been freaking out for the next
0: you know, it was still worth it. I can only imagine the tension in that car ride if you would have stayed. I know, I know, Not it would have been you bad. guys, but I'm just imagining me and Vince. Like, oh
1: and, my gosh, and, oh yeah. And again, it's I was a just lack of like, what control, is, right? Yeah, because I was like, what do I do? And and the other thought that I had was like, if I stay in this car, like now is the best time to get out because we're so close to the mm-hmm. station. Mm-hmm. But if I stay in this car, like I am committed to this, so. I yes. just needed to be moving.
0: Right. Um, exactly. Exactly. So yeah,
1: so that was insane oh and you know afterwards like and it was totally not, you know, you're going into this procedure it was so stressful already. Right. Like, I had this whole morning planned where I was like, I had, you know, my like calming playlist that I listened to, and, you know, and then instead I'm running on the freeway.
0: Like, not at all what I was expecting. I don't know why I'm so picturing real. you in just socks and like no shoes for some reason, but I'm guessing I
1: basically no. should have been. It was like pineapple I was, I was socks. Such a mess. Yeah, I was yeah. such a mess, but. It worked out. That's such a great
0: story that you will tell your future child. Like, do you realize not only did I go through all this medical stuff, but then that story too is so good.
1: I know it was crazy, but yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, the other thing just to like shout out Ari and all of this is like that was in my mind, I asked him later, I was like, is that the lowest you've, you've ever seen me? And he had to think about it a little bit. And he was like, I think maybe after the first miscarriage was like a little bit, you know, of a lower moment but like it was really bad like i was really you know sobbing and like like not not holding together at all yeah and it just is like it was just like another kind of moment for me where i was like thank god for him like yes. like it just means so much to have a partner going through all of this who like can just be there and be yeah. like you're being a little bit crazy and mm-hmm. i mean it was justifiably crazy, but you know, it was just, it's just been amazing to have that support. So, yeah.
0: I mean, you guys are a testament of, you know, you can go either way as a couple, you can either, this can tear you apart or bring you together. And it sounds like it's just continues to keep bringing you guys closer and tighter. And that's so awesome. So yeah. yeah. Shout out to Ari. He's awesome. Yeah.
1: Him. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, he's been amazing. It it has been hard. I mean, you know, it's like the financial stuff, like everything is hard, like the, you know, just amount that and I think with the secondary infertility part, like we have a 3-year-old that needs us, you know. So like Ari has stepped in in a lot of ways um right. when I can't be there. So, you know, there's been a lot of really hard things with all of this. Um it's so it can it can be really hard on the relationship, and I'm just so thankful that like for us we've you know we're stronger
0: right so. absolutely okay, so you now you were just waiting can you i know you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but can you unpack a little bit like specifically what you're doing you said you would you were doing acupuncture or talking to your acupuncturist, like what else leading up to this the transfer just you know so listeners can know like what are some of the things
1: yeah, so um you know. I'm trying to eat a pretty healthy diet. My doctor is very much like, it doesn't matter what you eat. It's just, you know, like whatever. He's very scientific. So I know a lot of people get the advice on like, you know, no carbs, none, like a lot of that. He doesn't um, believe in that at all, but I'm still trying to, you know, eat really clean. Mm -hmm. Um, I have done... Acupuncture, I was able to just get in one time um last week. And then my acupuncturist does a lot with fertility. Um so she's coming to my house the uh like with within 48 hours of the transfer.
0: Oh, that's um
1: cool. yeah. So she um so we'll have her and then like I said, it's actually kind of it's such a Bay Area thing, but um one of my daughter's teachers does this meditation series. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the parents at the school so i've been going to this meditation every monday night with her and then she um, actually created like a a custom meditation for me to do around fertility and um and i haven't done it yet um but she she just created it last
0: week Ooh, so i love uh, that cool yeah
1: she's amazing she's like you know, the best. So, Mm -hmm. um, so I'm excited to do that because I never really was into meditation before, but then this kind of, it's like an eight week series that she's doing. And I think that the last one is going to be probably like the week of the transfer, which is really great timing, but it's just kind of a nice, like one hour a week where it's just like me meditating. Um, and it's all like guided and she has, you know, a program every week, but that has been, Really great just for kind of stress management. Um yeah. I think that's kind of the biggest thing for me right now is just like managing my stress and anxiety about the transfer.
0: Absolutely. So. Absolutely. All right. Well, we will check in with you after your transfer and possibly after you get the results. Yeah, that sounds um. great. Hey guys. So that was part four of Stacy's journey. And we are going to move on to part five, the final chapter for now. Okay, so we are back with Stacy. Hi, Stacy. Hi, Allie. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for doing this again. I know everybody's been really invested in your story and everything that's going on. So thanks again for just opening up your lives to all of our listeners. The (laughs) feedback has been really incredible. So thank you. I just want to fill everybody in, bring everybody up to speed. So last we spoke, which was our part four. You had done two cycles and you'd gotten a little sick after that first cycle. So if you want to tell us a little bit about that, and then you had two embryos that were being stored and you were gearing up for your transfer. So I remember you were saying you were hopeful, but kind of preparing yourself for the fact that it might not work and you had gotten into meditation too. So uh, fill us in on, on what happened.
1: Yeah. It's funny. It feels like so long ago. Um, I know.
0: And I'm like, I but miss it wasn't that like, when ago. I don't talk to you. I'm like, I want to just catch up with her. Like, I, feel like now <laughs> I want to talk to you like every week just for fun. Um,
1: well, thank you. Um,
0: <laughs> is yeah, that weird? Yeah, so,
1: <laughs> not at all. So we had, um, two embryos, both were really highly graded. Um, so we were feeling pretty good and we were preparing for our transfer. So, um, the transfer happened. It's probably like a month ago now, and yeah, it was it was very um, it was a very stressful time. I think uh, what was kind of surprising about all of that, the time like around the transfer and after the transfer, was I felt like I was more hormonal and kind of crazy than I was during any point during um, the egg retrieval part of the cycle, where you actually are being pumped full of hormones. Mm-hmm. So. It was very stressful. Um, I know you mentioned in a previous episode um, the two-week wait period, which is literally just torture. um, Yes, where you're about
0: that for you. Yeah,
1: um, it was really hard. I was like, kind of. I was paying attention to every single thing that might be a symptom or might not be. I was like waking up in the middle of the night and checking my pulse because you're heart rate increases when you're pregnant. So I was like, well, is it between 90 and hundred now? Like it was, it was kind of crazy. Um, I told Ari during those two weeks, I was like, you can't tease me. You can't <laughs> make any jokes. Like I don't have any sense of humor right now. I was like, nope, normally I could take it right now. I can't.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah. And it was really nice. Like, I think, you know, when it was, when it was all kind of happening, I really, I, I had in the back of my mind that it might not work, but once the transfer happened and we actually got to like watch the embryo be implanted, Mm
0: -hmm. I was like,
1: if this works, this is a very cool thing to get to watch happen. Yes. And I kind of just felt really good about it. Like I, I was like, you know, all signs point to this working, like this embryo has been tested it's the highest rating they would give to an embryo. I know they do like different ratings at different Mm -hmm. places, Mm -hmm. Um, but this was the highest rating that they give uh, where I'm going. Um, So it just felt really positive. Like the issue has been this chromosomal problem. We know that that embryo didn't have it. I have had no problem getting pregnant. So it just felt like it was going to work. And I kind of, once the transfer happened, I wasn't really letting myself get to that mindset of it not working. So like before the transfer I was really thinking like I got to prepare for this to not work. And then once the transfer happened I was like I don't even know what I'm going to do if it doesn't work. Like I am so invested in this working.
0: Yeah. I want to talk about that a little bit more, not to interrupt but just yeah. Cuz I think that's so important to talk about just the emotions going into it and the expectations and you know kind of setting your own expectations but Letting yourself, you know, we've talked about that before too, letting yourself have that little bit of joy and that little celebration, like doing yeah. a successful transfer, like even, you know, just the day of that's a milestone and that's something you want to be happy about, even though you still do have two-week wait. So tell me how you dealt with all of those emotions that were probably all over the place.
1: Yeah, well, I think it goes back a little bit to the miscarriages that I had, because after the second miscarriage. I had a really hard time Ari and I both did getting excited about that next pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And once we got past the 10 week mark and we thought we were good, we were like, okay, now we can like be happy and be excited and start planning and start doing all these things. And then it just like we kind of got crushed after that. Mm -hmm. And so I was I have felt very scared to get hopeful. Mm -hmm. And that was how I felt going into the transfer was. I just didn't want to have my hopes up because I know how it feels to like have those kind of be crushed. I thought, well, it's going to hurt just as bad if I'm hopeful or if I'm prepared. So I might as well let myself feel excited. And, you know, I definitely started doing the planning and of like, okay, the due date's going to be around here. So what does that mean for this schedule and and all that kind of stuff that you do? So yeah, so it felt good to, to kind of feel hopeful again. I think the other really nice thing that happened during the transfer I mentioned, or after the transfer, um, I mentioned that Noah and Ari and I took a trip and Mm -hmm. that was really nice because it was so fun and we were at the beach and I was, you know, just kind of thinking about it then I was like, I feel like this transfer is going to work. And I think, you know, we're going to grow our family but if it doesn't like this is pretty great like what we have is pretty awesome and mm. i don't want to lose sight of that so it was kind of a nice reminder because right after that trip we drove straight to the clinic for my blood work to get to test if it worked so mm. it was nice to kind of have that time together as a family and know that we were going to be okay no matter what happened yep so so that was all good um I feel like this is all kind of building up to the fact that once we got the blood work done, the transfer did technically work, but it was a chemical pregnancy. Um, So my HCG levels were at 18 when we got tested. Uh, And so the nurse that I spoke to said that was low. And I was like, well, how low is it? Like, is there any chance? And she's like, well, normally at this stage, you'd be up in the thousands. I was like, okay.
0: You're like, what's like, it supposed to be 19, 20? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like my
1: clothes. Like, There's so many different
0: it... numbers for different yeah. and different levels. It's hard to keep it all straight. Yeah.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. So that was pretty God. devastating. We were, you know, we we went to the appointment um, in San Francisco. I dropped Noah and Ari off at the park, and then I went to get the blood work, and then I went to go meet them. It was actually kind of like comically sad. <laughs> When I found out, because I had taken Noah um, to go use the bathroom, we passed a carousel on the way. So she was like, Oh, can I go ride it? So I was mm-hmm. like, Yeah, we'll take you to go ride it. And they called like literally right before the ride started. So I was standing next to Noah. She was on her little zebra mm-hmm. and the music was playing. And I just started sobbing. I was like, I gotta go. This merry go round's about to start. So it was oh it was um pretty sad looking I think if you were to be an outsider I was like trying to keep it together for Noah. Yes. Um but yeah, it was it was rough and then you know we kind of thought we were going to have this really fun day in the city but after we found out the news I was like I just want to go home like. Yeah.
0: Was um, Noah tuned into any of that? She was a little bit. Yeah.
1: Um yeah. But but we've tried to you know we did say like and we knew that this embryo was a boy. So she asked what was wrong. And we're like, you know, we're just trying, we were trying to give you a baby brother and it didn't work. Um, oh, I'm
0: so sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it was, uh, it was really rough and, um, you know, and then we were kind of in the same situation that I know you've talked about where like now we have one. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know, I, I listened to, um, around that time was when you released the third episode and I listened to it um I went on a walk like a couple days after we found out that it didn't work and I was like I don't know if this is a good idea or a bad idea but I'm just gonna listen to this episode Um, Mm -hmm. and it was kind of nice because I was reminded that like like I don't I I said a bunch of times when we talked then that I never know what I'm gonna do until I'm in in that situation Mm -hmm. and like I'm in a new situation again like kind of the worst thing that we thought could happen just happened um, and we're getting through it. um, And we don't really know, you know, what we're going to do when we're going to do the next transfer. Mm -hmm. Um, We know we don't want to hold off too long, but uh, we're just kind of taking it day by day. And um, yeah, so it's been, um, it's been rough. It's, it comes, the the emotions about it really come in waves Mm -hmm. where, I'll be feeling really good and then, you know, something will happen or somebody will say something and it'll, it won't even really be directly related to this, but I just will feel like very sad. And yeah. Yeah. So
0: I know it's so so devastating and you're, you know, trying to figure out what to do next and when a couple questions, have the doctors recommended anything or are they saying right now, just take your time? And
1: so they haven't made any recommendations. They said the transfer worked. The issue was, um, this is kind of the way that he framed it for me, that they grade the embryos as best they can, but it's so early on. And then they grow so rapidly once they're implanted that mistakes can just happen. So they have like the best knowledge possible about how good the embryo is. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes they're wrong. And in this case, the embryo, was just not a good embryo, yeah, um, so did it it
0: turn out that there was a chromosomal issue, you think?
1: It wasn't a chromosomal issue. That's the thing. so I don't know what it was. You know, he the way he described it was just that cells divide and multiply and and mistakes just happen. Okay. so okay, um, so at some point when it was trying to grow, it, um, it just didn't work. And it was interesting because I was definitely having. Kind of my earliest pregnancy symptom that I've had with Noah and had with any of the other um, pregnancies is Mm -hmm. dizziness,
0: Mm. and I
1: was getting that a lot, um, and that was very early on in those pregnancies. Um, So I was kind of like, you know, this feel like it feels like I'm pregnant, but I also am so stressed and like so I'm monitoring the way that I feel way more than I ever do. Right. Um, So you know, it felt like it was going to work. Um, just internally, I felt like I was pregnant. Um, yeah. and I guess i in some sense I was, so that's good. But, um, right. but yeah, so it's not anything at this point, they don't think it's anything that's wrong with me and they don't recommend any testing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just when we want to try again.
0: Okay. So can we talk a little bit more if you don't mind about The notion of secondary infertility. I know we both, you know, I went through it as well. And it's a very, it's a very common thing, but I would love to hear, you know, going through it, being in the midst of it right now, like, can you kind of explain in your opinion, at least like people who might not understand, like, but you have a baby, why are you putting yourself through this? You know, like that's some one of the common things that I think people think or say sometimes, which obviously is kind of, is very painful to hear if you're the person going through it. But can you explain, like for me it was, and I've said this before, so sorry to reiterate to anybody who's heard this, but I just, it wasn't that ever wasn't enough. It was that I loved being a mom so much that I wanted to do it again. Like I wanted everything all over again. And that's, that was kind of the best way I could think to explain it. And I don't know if it makes sense to people who aren't in that situation, but how would you explain it in your own words?
1: Um, so yeah, so there are a few things like right now, you know, I, we've had these moments, the three of us, and it's, I feel so much joy. There's these moments where we're, you know, outside barbecuing, playing, like, and it's just these, these special family moments where I will simultaneously, and this has been in the last two weeks in particular, but I will simultaneously feel so much joy And then so much sadness at like what we have, but it just feels like there's something missing. Like our family just doesn't feel complete. Mm -hmm. Um, And Ari and I have both talked about wanting um, a a big family. So that's kind of what we've always envisioned is like the chaos of like multiple kids having their friends over. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, just, we love that. We love, you know, having people over who have multiple Same. kids now. So like, do I, yes. Yeah. So that's kind of what we've always envisioned. Um, but I would say early on, it's sort of complicated for me. So when I, I had a really hard time, um, I think everybody does with a newborn and, and breastfeeding and I had the baby blues like horribly. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's just such a huge shift in your life. And, and there were some things, particularly with the breastfeeding that I have felt like I want to do over, like not, yeah.
0: not that I
1: don't think that I was enough for Noah or, a, you know, not a good enough mom, but it just, there are moments that you're like, when you're in them, they're really hard and you don't always appreciate how fleeting that time is. Mm-hmm. and. Now I know that, and I've, you know, felt that way for a long time. Um, I think also going through the, the miscarriages, like when I found out I was pregnant with the first um, miscarried pregnancy, mm-hmm. I was really terrified. Like, I was like, how am I going to do this? Like how, like, I knew that I wanted it, but I was like, how are we going to function with like a two and a half year old and a baby? Like, this seems so hard, Yeah. Um, you know? And so... Kind of going through this process, um, I've learned how much I want it while I'm going through it. You yeah. know, because it was so easy with Noah. I didn't have this appreciation that I know a lot of my friends have had, and I think that that's um, that's been a huge learning for me. All my friends who have gone through infertility or multiple miscarriages before having their first child, like the fear that that you must have, mm-hmm. like that you'll never be able to have this. Yeah. Um, I appreciate that on a much deeper level than I ever did. Um, so I understand, um, you know, and I've, I've tried to be really sensitive to, with my friends who have dealt with infertility when I talk to them about what we're going through. I understand that the two experiences are so different. Um, like I have no way to look at as like proof that we can do this. Right. Um, And as this just like wonderful part of our life, like we have this beautiful family um, that I know a lot of people fear that they're never going to be able to have. Um, So I do appreciate that there is a big difference. Um, And I don't know, I think, I think that the, the kind of like yearning for something is, is the same. Um, Yeah. Like, I've never wanted anything more than I want this. I know. Uh, I know.
0: Oh my God. I know. Yeah. I know. It's, oh, I'm like welling up because I remember that feeling. Yeah. And it's hard
1: because it's just like, God, we just have no control over it. So, you know, we're doing the best we can. Um, But yeah, that's, so that's kind of how I, how I feel about secondary infertility. It's definitely complicated. Like I have, I have complicated feelings about, what we're trying to do, and and every yeah. all the work that we've put into it, and yeah. um, and being sensitive to to my friends who who have been or are going through it.
0: Um, right, before, I think that some it. people feel secondary infertility guilt too, which I didn't feel, <laughs> but I know a lot of people that have reached out to me that are going through it have said that they feel guilty, like why can't I just be happy with what I have? And to those people and to myself, I would just say. It's okay. It's just as hard, whether it's the second kid or the third or the fourth or the fifth or, you know, it never, it's it's not a competition of whose infertility right. is harder or, you know. So right. I would yeah. Just, and
1: I mean, I think that the other part of that is like, yes, we already have Noah and um, we're so, so grateful for that. Um, she like really, really wants a sibling. She talks about yeah. it almost every single day. Um, right. And, so, you know, I mean, we're, we're doing this to build our family, but we also, you know, we want Noah to have a sibling and to have yeah. that, like, she's, she loves her friends, younger siblings. Um, she talks about just siblings in general a lot. Aww. The other day she told me that she wants to have a younger sister first and then we can have a baby brother. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> she's so you know. We're trying.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but, I know. Um, I it's know it's so hard. And, and being a great mom as you are, you want to give your kids the world, right? So that, I think that's part of it too. That's an, a really important part of secondary infertility is wanting to make your kids who are already in your family happy as well, if that makes sense. Yeah. So there's another kind of layer to it. But.
1: Totally. And one thing that has been that um, that I've really thought about and struggled with is the age gap between kids. Mm -hmm. And like, that was when I was first pregnant, I was like two and a half years. That's like me and my sister. That's perfect. That's so great. You know? And, and like with every pregnancy or everything, I kind of think about what the age gap is going to be. Yeah. And something I heard, I forget where I did, but somebody said that like, yeah, you can try to control this age gap and have in your mind that your kids are going to have this perfect relationship because they're three years apart. But like one thing that you have no control over is whether your kids actually like each other. <laughs> so like, just because you're get, like doing something at a certain age, you know, there's so a certain age difference. It doesn't mean that they're going to be best friends. Yeah. And Cause you Ari's don't know younger person. sister know. Our younger sister is seven years younger than him and yeah. they have such a great relationship. So yeah. like, Um, So that's been something that I've been, you know, trying to let go. But I think that is an interesting part of secondary infertility because I imagine, I mean, most people think when they are planning for their second kid, they're thinking about how old their first kid
0: is. Definitely. And yeah, Ever and Sunny are six and a half years apart, which is a lot. But, you know, I have to say there's some some really big pros to her being so much older than him is like when he was a newborn, she could sit with him while I took a shower and she could help me. It's like, nice. <laughs> change nice. Diapers. And, you know, she was like my mommy's little helper. And in that oh. sense, it was something I wasn't really expecting. That was actually really, really great. And now, you know, they're in the same school for the first time. So he's in pre-K, she's in fifth grade. And she's like, the other day she goes, mom, I feel so cool that I have a baby brother in the school. Cause she's, they call him Aww. the senior. So she's a senior and he's like a freshman basically. And, you know, so there's that aspect to it too, where, you know, that age gap is lending itself to like a totally different relationship than I would have ever expected between them. And it's their own yeah. special thing. So I yeah. think it, you know, it's, it's hard not to get hung up on that, but I think you kind of have to just let whatever's going to happen, happen with the gaps.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Well, I, unless there's anything else you want to say, I know that right now, you know, this is really raw still for you and painful. So, you know, you and I talked about you guys were going to, you know, we'll take a break doing these updates and let you and Ari and Noah, you know, live your lives. And this has all been very public for you. And you guys have been wonderful about sharing everything, but, you know, it's probably time to, for you guys to take a little step back and have a little more privacy and, So just so the listeners know, this is the last update that we have planned for now. And, you know, if this is it, then I have so much love for you. Like I've, (laughs) I really feel like I've really gotten to know you over the last, you know, several conversations that we've had. And I just wish you guys nothing but the best. So I know you and I will keep in touch, but I don't know if it will be on the podcast. So I just want to thank you for everything that you guys have shared. And, you know, it's, I know it's not easy, but I can. I want to send you like a packet of all the emails and messages I've gotten for people talking about wow, how much your stories you. helped them. So just thank know you. that like this has been really great for other people. So,
1: yeah, that's so nice to hear. And it's been really wonderful to do this. I think just in general, what we're hoping is, you know, we're going to take a step back from this, but also just. We've been pretty open about everything, obviously with our family and friends too, and we're kind of hoping that we can take a step back, figure out what we're gonna do, and then just like normal pregnant couples or you know, yeah. couples welcoming a child into their family, like that we'll be able to share good news when we have it, but mm-hmm. keep keep things to ourselves in the meantime. But. Yeah. It's been really, really um, nice for me to be able to do this too. And good listening to all the other stories on this podcast. I relate so much to so many of these women. So um, good. I'm what so you're doing glad. is really special.
0: Thank you so much. And thank you for being such a huge part of it. Hey again, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks again to Stacey for sharing all the ups and downs and happiness and disappointments of this real af journey that a lot of us are on or have been on called infertility or just the path to making a baby so thanks for listening i also want to add that everything's going so great with the podcast we're growing exponentially if you guys wouldn't mind to take a second to pop on over to apple give it a rating and a quick review that makes a huge difference in terms of our exposure. So thank you so much. And I will talk to you guys next time.